Welcome back to Forgotten Heroes, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode. I am, my name is Chris. I am here with my good friend Zach, and today we are talking about all kinds of different types of magic. Normally we mention sort of the weird space magic that's involved with timelines. We are going to mention some timeline shifts, but we're talking about sorcery today because who are we talking about today, Zach? Talking about the Sorcerer Supreme himself, Dr. Yes. Stephen Strange. Yes, as played by Benedict Cumberbatch in the MCU, which honestly I think is a really, really great casting choice. He did a really good job with it. I'm, I'm very happy with him as um, Doctor Strange. I think it works out really well. Yeah, there's even um, a lot of times when it comes to movies like this, like the MCU or even to well, mostly the MCU, that sometimes they make the characters afterward in the comics look like the actors. Mm-hmm. But even looking at his old, all old pictures, old comics, it's like yes, it's just like yeah, they, perfect choice. They hit the aesthetic right on the head with that. Mm-hmm. Same thing, you know, like Robert Downey Jr. for uh, oh, yeah. for Iron Man and oh yeah, Chris Evans yeah. for uh, Captain America. Yeah, they got they got a lot better of that at that as sort of time went on. I think the first like big sort of one that they nailed was you know iron man like you said because he's credited a lot of the time with kicking it off and stuff like that but mm-hmm. um yeah and it's funny because i'll go on a little bit of a tangent here and then we'll start i read something the other day i was thinking about it if you think about it actually we have wesley snipes to thank for kicking off the mcu if you want to bring it like all the way back i know that everybody says that rdj was like the original iron man in 2008 but everybody forgets about blade and yeah. Blade is actually a huge key part to the MCU. So, you Without know, we all actually being part of it. Yeah, we love you, RDJ, but Wesley Snipes caps off to you, my friend. We love you very, very much. So, uh, we are talking about Stephen Strange today, as we mentioned. Going to throw in that quick disclaimer that we are going to be hopping timelines. There's a couple stories, um, a couple issues that we're going to be talking about today that sort of deal with the same Earth but have different stories intertwined in that earth. Um, But that being said, there's one character in specific that I'm thinking of. We'll get to them um, that hops timelines a few times, which, you know, once again, talking about the MCU. So we're dealing with different timelines. We're dealing with different universes. We're dealing with pocket dimensions as we try and mention Warp World as much as we can, because honestly, who doesn't love Warp World? We love the creativity of it, and you get some really cool characters, especially out of this episode. We're going to talk about one of my favorites, so I'm really excited. Um, but before we get all that mixed up and in there and everything, we got to start with the OG, Stephen Strange himself from 616. Yep, and then uh, to piggyback on that multiple universe thing, uh, a listener did actually ask me a question of how exactly do they do this, you know, with DC and Marvel? A quick explanation, easy one for DC. DC has it that their Earths exist, they have their own timelines, um, and they're separate, you know? They're like, say, you know, physical Earths on different planes, uh, on different frequencies, whatever, however they want to describe it. Marvel does it differently, and when... And their thing is, to my understanding, if something changes in the timeline, it makes a new universe. 
but it doesn't replace any of them. Like in DC, yeah. like Flashpoint, you change the timeline, it replaced Earth, it replaced Earth Prime with the Flashpoint universe. Mm-hmm. Marvel, yeah, yeah. yeah, Marvel, it's you just change it and it makes a separate universe. It makes a separate universe, a different Earth. And yes, it sounds like you're making something out of nothing, but the multiverse is infinite, so there's infinite matter. Who who knows? Who cares? Marvel does not explain it very well, but that's my understanding. Yeah, and honestly, the readers don't really care too much because, you know, with infinite timelines and infinite Earths, you get just more readability and more variability, which is really, really cool. But yeah, that that's a good way to describe it. When you're thinking of the MCU, think of it more like a tree sort of like branching off. If you listen to the Kang episode, every time that he jumps, he created a new timeline. He created a new branch. That's sort of the best way to describe it. And then in the DC universe, it's just like blips that uh, have much more physicality and much not quite, they're not quite as fluid as it is in the MCU. And that's sort of, yeah, that's kind of the best way that you can think about it. So MCU is a tree. DC is just sort of like, you know blips and much more physicality and more like dots on a line type thing you know not necessarily connected but at the same time you know there's the flashpoint and all that other stuff so i won't get carried away we got to start off here so yeah 616 steven strange yep everybody knows if you've seen the movie you know his origin yep everything up to i want to say everything in that movie was pretty accurate except for how the ancient one dies and firstly yes in the old con- in the original origin it was a very old asian man mm-hmm. they, they didn't really they were not very politically correct back in those days oh, no. but um no but or maybe they were who knows anyway they so in the movie Ka- Calidus, uh was not and it was a thing for the movie. I think he might have been a character in the comics, but he didn't have that big of a role. Same thing with why the Ancient One died. It was a different action. It was actually a completely different extra dimensional mystical being. Not, you know, because Dormammu was a thing, but <laughs> Dormammu plays a very important part. So we all know his origin. You know, yep. car accident. You know, he's a dick of a doctor. Car accident. His hands get messed up. Can't fix them. Goes to learns magic. Boom. All right. Sorcerer Supreme. But some key important things to him for Stephen Strange. You know, he's actually a member of Marvel's Illuminati, yeah. which which I find hilarious in for yeah. many reasons. Well, I mean, you know, him, Iron Man, Black Panther, Namor, Charles Xavier for a bit. I don't remember how long. You know, Reed Richards. Like, so just the smartest people on the planet were like, all right, we're going to do some stuff behind the scenes, which it was a retcon of the invention. Like, oh, they've been in, they've been around f- since this happened, but you didn't know about it until now, because in the real world, we created it now. But we but in Marvel, it, it's been happening for a while. You know, Doctor Strange has been a member of the Avengers, Defender, uh, the, the Defenders which that actually has a lot looser, I would say, of members, as in the Avengers, you can, you're going to kind of have to get voted in and approved. The yeah. Defenders, it, it doesn't matter. Listen, you're in this situation, you come to help, if you're, you're a Defender now. Yeah. He's actually Very. married. <laughs> yeah, he's actually married to Clea, 
who is the niece of Dormammu, so that makes the fights even funnier for me, because he's technically a step... He's this Dormammu's step-nephew. Yeah. It's very funny to think about, especially... I I remember sitting in the theaters... Not step-nephew, sorry, uncle-in-law. Yeah, it's very funny to think about that, like, watching it in the theater and being like, hey, uncle, what's up? How are you? I'm here to bargain, and I just sort of, like, imagine him with, you know, using the time stone and the... uh, repeating time spell and sort of just like them sitting at a dinner table having the same argument over and over again it's it's kind of a funny image <laughs> yeah it, it's funny because um that 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 would actually make it a lot more uh, really funny to me it's like oh you know we're gonna keep having this argument until you know you just let me leave stop being an asshole but um <laughs> he it just, again it just makes those fights even funny for me especially in the comics especially oh, yeah. when dr strange beats him it's like dude come on you're being a magic how did you just lose how did you lose Wait, yeah. and it's funny because i don't want to explain more about his powers technically speaking dr strange could borrow some of dormama's powers mm-hmm. you know i mean i'm sure he knows but it's kind of just like he doesn't borrow a whole lot of them um what else does dr strange also is the founder of the Strange Academy, which is actually a very good new series right now. Yeah, um, highly recommend it, it. Yeah, he doesn't really make... He's not really there a whole lot, because he's, again, the Sorcerer Supreme and he's doing stuff, but... Yeah. It's so... The Strange Academy is like, uh, you know, the Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters, but this is for magical beings, so you actually have... You know, normal people that gain magic through the bloodline or like they're fairies. I think one of their one of the students is actually a demon from Limbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is a zombie. Yeah. Uh, two of them, two of them, I think, are Asgardian brothers. There's a frost giant, and there's actually the son of Dormammu. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. I Which forgot I he find... makes a, a cute little appearance. Yeah, it's you know. Once again, brings the whole family ties thing all around. It's it's much more of a a misfit bunch than Charles Xavier, simply because you know we have people from completely different realms. We got giants and we got zombies and stuff, and you know, being a pure magic who's learning how to use it and things like that. So you get yeah. a little bit more variability just because of like Doctor Strange's mo and stuff like that. And it, it's important to note before we sort of like get into it here that there's a lot of possibilities. Um, with Doctor Strange being the Sorcerer Supreme and stuff like that. So there's going to be, you know, some things that we mentioned that might throw you for like a quick little loop. But just keep in mind that like being the Sorcerer Supreme not only comes with a lot of responsibility, but it comes with a ton of power. Um, And sort of like on top of that, it also comes with a ton of caveats. So that's why he's a very interesting character, um, because when it has to do with sorcery and magic and stuff like that, um, a lot of the time when you look at witches and things like that, like there's lots of media representation where like there are spells that can be cast once and can't be changed and things of that nature. Um, you know, Doctor Strange kind of breaks that rule and bends it a little bit. But at the same time, there's there's still a lot of caveats and there's I feel like Marvel did a really good job providing consequences for his spells and things like that. You know, there's like basic spells and, you know, sort of like defense spells and time hopping and things like that, that, you know, have sort of what you would expect type consequences, but there's other stuff that he does involving other characters and we'll get into it. Um, that sort of like create new possibilities that you wouldn't necessarily think of based on the characters involved in it, based on the spell. 
So I, I think he's written really well that way, um, in my opinion. Yeah, he is. There's, you know, there are obviously the Hito spells that he doesn't, you know, need a whole lot of power for. I think some of the spells of, you know, the caveat would be it takes some of his life. Um, but the big caveat is for most of his powers is the fact that he has to he has to summon them yeah. from other beings. Mm-hmm. Um, so like before we get into like this a small list of of some of his power of some of the spells that he can use, he actually has what's referred to as infinite longevity. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say he's he's definitely not invulnerable you know no, um you can't can be him. killed yeah. yeah but he can live he technically could live forever and a good example of this it's an older comic book i, I think early 2000s maybe the 90s where he was he was taken by this by the vashanti which if you've watched the 90s uh spider-man cartoon he definitely said a lot where he they they took him for a magical war that lasted five thousand years, and when he got back, he just had really long hair and a bunch of scars. But it's like, all right, wait a minute, you're a human and you lived five thousand years. It's like, well, yeah, if he if he needs to, hence why his master was called the Ancient One, because mm-hmm. that man lived technically for a very very long time. Oh yeah, tens of thousands of years. Like, yeah, wait, he, and he surpassed Stephen Hardcore. Yeah, he um so Stephen Strange uses a lot of magical objects as well like the Eye of Agamotto, the Wand of Watum, and more recently uh the Staff of Yggdrasil which when he uses it could turn him into a god of magic. So, so he can cool. he can achieve godhood temporarily. Yeah. But but if he stays if he stays like that too long the magic of not I wouldn't say of Yggdrasil, but just pure magic would try to take him over and not really corrupt him, but just control him. Yeah, it could you know? it could turn him into something that he's not. Not necessarily something bad, not necessarily something good, but he would no longer be Stephen human. Strange. Yeah, he, yeah, human. That's a better way. That's a better way to say it. His humanity is sort of taken away. Um, but that being said, I love it when he pulls out the staff of Yggdrasil. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's like it's very much like a final form type thing. And so whenever yep. he pulls it out, there's just like so much involved in that. And he, he very like when he pulls it out, you know, sometimes he plays a little fast and loose with it, but there's a few instances where he pulls it out and it's just like, Oh my God. Like you might be reading it, but as soon as like you see it pull up on the panel, like you can hear a pin drop because you're laser focused and you know, some shit's about to go down. Mm-hmm. So and then cool. some of his notable spells, uh, the Flames of the Faltine. And actually, what I know this one made an appearance in Infinity War, the Crimson Bands of Sidorak. Yeah, that was so Sidorak cool. is related to Juggernaut. And if you go back and you watch Infinity War, it's when he wraps the the gauntlet hand of Thanos in red bands. Mm-hmm. And then you actually see, if you look at Thanos' face, he, you know, before it's just like, all right, every, this, this is, this don't mean shit. You guys are, you, you guys are pathetic. Blah, even your other spells are useless. Crimson Bands, he, you, Thanos' face looks at his hand and goes, oh, shit. Yeah, like, he, he, he realizes he that Strange that is not to be messed with. 
Yeah. No, not even that. He knew what that was, and he knew he he knew. He's like, oh, that's a this man can do that. Oh, I'm yeah. fucked. Yeah. I, need I remember. Out. I remember sitting there in the theaters and sitting next to all of my friends, and sort of he threw the crimson bands on him, and I literally just like took my hand and like punched my buddy in the arm. I was like, those are the crimson bands of Ciderac. And he was like, ow, what? What are you talking? He was like, how do you know this? And I was like, this is like one of the few spells I know. They're so cool. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, which it's, I, it's a great moment. Yeah. And I like how Benedict Cumberbatch's uh, Stephen Strange, he doesn't need to say the spells. And I'll be honest, I love it when he says the spells, even in the comics, even in mm-hmm. anim- old animated shows. After a while, it does get a little annoying. I'm like, I know what that is. Stop saying what it is. Just do the thing. Yeah. Yeah, they make it a little bit more modern and sort of like focus it more on his will versus incantation. Um, but he does still, if you watch very briefly in Thor Ragnarok, he brings up that he uses incantations. He doesn't say anything for it, but, you know, that's when he pulls out a piece of Thor's hair and is like, just want to see if this has any Asgardian modifications for this incantation and stuff like that. So he is still using the spells. They're just, I think it's sort of like a harken to more back of a D&D thing where it seems like it's focused more on concentration versus like spoken word. Um, which I think is cool. I think that's a really good way to bring it to the viewers because once again, you know, sort of like Zach said, we have some Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, I'm sure he could say it cause he's got the hand movements down pat and he's quite the thespian, but at the same time, you know, after, after a certain amount of time, it's just kind of like, all right, we know what's coming, you know, maybe we should just make this a little bit more modern and they did. And I think it works out. Yeah. So. I really, I really liked, uh, I really liked, just uh, just that whole scene was just like if you if you know the spells that he's doing you can just see like yeah the hand motions match mm-hmm. everything matched and it was really cool just to see all the all these spells that he brought up and it's like damn but yeah. yeah like i said he is channeling the powers of these beings they don't really i wouldn't say they really this is going to sound weird they don't really give him permission to do it he yeah. just no he just knows how to do it and they can't really stop him. But yeah. if he were to channel too much of their power, he might accidentally summon them. So like which I think he did in uh World War Hulk where after Hulk broke his hands, he actually had this I don't remember if it was drink. Basically, he drank a potion that got us a, a being that he could not beat that he needed that he needed the living tribunal which we spoke about last week to stop um and and capture him so he got him he summoned him and he let him turn him into his host to fight the hulk and then i don't remember how he stopped it i think uh he realized oh i'm going i'm getting crazy so yeah literally he could accidentally summon sidorak if he kept using his powers for too long yeah yeah so he risked once again. summoning him that's bringing up sort of the caveats of like sort of once again, just how well he's written. They don't explicitly tell you that it hasn't been mentioned in the MCU because that goes pretty deep into the lore. But in the comics, you know, it's brought up a few times that he's essentially he's borrowing this because of his status within the arcane community, essentially. And he's, yep. he's allowed this because he is the Sorcerer Supreme, but it goes to a certain point. You know, and, you know, speaking of going to a certain point, that sort of segues great into our next one, which is Sir Stephen Strange. Right. So this is Sir from Dr. Earth, Stephen Strange. Sir Dr. Stephen Strange. Yeah, I know. Sir Stephen Strange just sounds better. It's, I, it's it just flows off the tongue a lot better. I love an alliteration. Yeah, um, I, how he how he was still 
you know, how he survived in this on this, in this story for so long, I'll never know. Yeah, exactly. It's, it sort of talks about, once again, we're talking about sort of the, the infinite longevity and things like that. Um, so once again, Earth 311, um, Sir Dr. Stephen Strange, I guess, you know, he was a former slave to a doctor. Um, he was sold into slavery. This doctor sort of taught him a lot about like the physicality when he was growing up. Um, and then in order to buy his freedom back, the doctor asked him to go get some secret herbs from the East. Um, this takes place in Marvel 1602, uh, by the way, just to sort of throw that out there. You'll, fig- you'll grab that from context from what I'm about yeah, to say. Earth, just wanna, you yeah, know, Earth, Earth. Earth 311 within Marvel 602, 1602, excuse me. Um, so he has to go get some herbs for his master. He tells him to go to the mountains that are beyond the Indies mountains. Um, and on his journey, he's nearly killed. Um, but he was rescued by a, uh, I guess sort of a, what, what, what would be the word for that? He, he was rescued by a bunch of monks who brought him back to life and healed him. Um, and from there he was taught magic um, after, you know, learning magic and training for a little bit, he returns back um, and meets Queen Elizabeth, wherein he then does a favor for her and is then granted the title of being Queen Elizabeth's physician at the time. So he has the magical abilities and then he also gets sort of the royal status with it. Right. Um, and then from that, we also have a. Uh, what? They call him Count, uh, it's Count Doom. We also have a Count Doom in there. We have a Sir Reed Richards. We have a Sir Nicholas J. Fury and things like that. Um, and it's sort of revealed throughout the timeline that there is sort of a imminent threat coming from Count Doom. Um, and it has to do with a weapon that is given to uh, Sir Dr. Stephen Strange by the Templars. Um, it's a bit complicated. I won't get too far into it. And I also don't want to spoil some of the key parts if you want to read this. Um, but from that, um, there's a bit of a battle that is ensued. Um, however, in the ensuing battle, they attack Latveria because that's where, you know, Doom sort of resides in all timelines. Apparently there's Latveria involved everywhere, all over the place. Um, doesn't matter what universe, there's a Latveria. You know, Doom is, Latveria is Doom's sort of, uh, it's his hood. It's, it's, it's his ground, essentially. Don't mess with Latveria because you're going to run into Count Doom or Victor Von Doom or whatever. Um, but after the attack, um, Sir Dr. Stephen Strange is actually beheaded for treason by King James um, after aiding the attack because he struck first, because he saw the imminent danger. He didn't get any royal orders, and therefore he's punished for it. Um, however, after being beheaded, he does not die. He survives. And this is sort of what we talk about again with the infinite longevity. We realize that he sort of casts a spell on himself. He survives. Um, and then he travels back to America and advised his wife, Clea, once again, sort of connecting the timelines a little bit there. Um, because the reason they travel to America um, while he advises his wife is because there was a bit of hold on him, just sort of geographically. So they literally move continents. That way he can divulge the information to her that he needs to. Um, to continue sort of the plot as well as sort of the legacy. I'm not going to say what it is, once again, for spoilers. Um, I'm sorry if the whole beheading thing is a bit of a bummer and now you don't want to read it, but it's it's key and important. And when we talk about the infinite longevity, it's definitely worth mentioning, um, sort of talking about surviving through all of that as well. 
Um, and eventually he is sort of buried properly and the timeline sort of like stops from there. So that's just sort of like a quick little synopsis, just hitting sort of the big points. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting sort of iteration of that. And I have to say that the art from the beginning issues of it are like kind of, it's, it's really well done. You got like these really sort of like um, deep sort of blacks and like well detailed ships. And there's a really great panel of, on the front, I believe, of Sir Dr. Stephen Strange's head. And he's got a ribbon flowing through his neck and out his mouth. And it's not bloody or anything, but it's very like tasteful and almost like Renaissance-esque. And yeah, it's just designed very well. They did a really good job with this um, 1602 issue, uh, in my opinion. But yeah, very, very sort of cool, interesting approach to the Sorcerer Supreme becoming uh, who he was destined to be, and even though he does lose his head. But yeah, it's 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 an interesting sort of transition, um, and it brings up sort of a great point to... Um, oh, actually, I don't want to skip over you if you want to mention anything about Sir Dr. Stephen Strange there, Zach, well, before I move on to the next guy, because it segues really great into our next version of him. It, but. it does. It's fun. To me, I remember reading this story, six, Marvel 1602, which, yes, is the only appearance of Sir Dr. Stephen Strange. Unfortunately. Yeah. I'm just going to call him Sir Sorcerer Supreme at this point. Um, but That's uh, nice, too. Yeah. He is in in this story i find it very interesting because that was kind of the era of you are if you are practicing even being accused of witchcraft in any way shape or form you're done and i thought that was and that was like oh yes i know my physician is also a sorcerer it's like uh yeah, and then he parlays Queen. favor with Queen Elizabeth, who, you yeah, know, if you like, know anything about what? Queen Elizabeth, was ruthless. So you would think that she would uphold this type of law, but no. He essentially does her a favor, and she's able to look the other way and give him this sort of royal stature. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Well, to, now I'm trying to remember. It, It's either she knew and she didn't care, or she had no idea. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm, I don't think he necessarily – oh, wait, no. There is an important plot point. That I didn't mention for spoilers sake. I think yeah. the queen doesn't know. He hides it very well. Yeah. yeah he, he hides it with on. his sorcery essentially. And so he sort of keeps it under the nose of her. Um, so yeah, there's that also, there's also that I hide threat. my sorcery with sorcery. I love that. But yeah. yeah, it's, and then it's like, oh, then King James, which we mentioned in our Wolverine episode was most likely James Howlett, AKA Wolverine. So that's pretty funny. Because again, in this in this world, if you're a witch breed, uh, aka a mutant, you die. Yeah. So that's what I that was I th I thought it was even funnier. It's like, uh, I I accuse you of sorcery. You better not disobey my orders. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the crew to Latveria deuces. Uh, it's like <laughs> ban him for sorcery. Wait a minute. Hold on. You're a witch breed. What? Which I yeah. which I I I would not be surprised if Sir Sorcerer Supreme knew that. Like, knew, oh, no, he's a witch breed. I totally know this, but, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't think he blows his cover, but he doesn't blow his cover just because King James is, like, very much kind of a... <sighs> there, there's no other 
better way to say it than it's like it's kind of a sissy version of Wolverine. You know, he doesn't have a huge amount of representation. He shows up very, very oh, briefly. He's very weak. But like, he, yeah, he's like, he still has the hot headedness, which is why he cuts off, you know, Sir Sorcerer Supreme's head and all that other stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But it, you know, it's still the personality traits of Wolverine without the rage and the battle sense. And, and I say battle sense, but homeboy has been fighting for, you know, thousands of years and still runs headlong into gunfire. You think he would have better strategies, but anyways, let's go off on a little bit of a tangent. So he cuts off Sir Stephen Strange's head and that segues beautifully into our next one, um, which is earth 2149. Uh, and if you know that number, you know where I'm about to go, which is Stephen Strange, also known as we like to call him, Zach and I like to call him Zombie Supreme. Um, Marvel Zombies! Marvel Zombies! It's so, so cool. We were just talking about this before the episode that um, when I was a kid and I started getting into comics and stuff like that, I started with a lot of the base stuff, as you do with a beginner. But I remember one of my friends introduced me to um, the 21. 21- 49 sort of earth and all the heroes being turned into zombies and stuff like that and i was like that's scary i don't want to read it and then i like continued reading and continued enjoying the characters and grew up a little bit and i was like oh yeah this is this is really really cool um and so it progressed to where we are now but it's the same history of stephen strange um up until the zombie virus infected sort of the mutant and the superpowered communities right and so a lot of the times throughout this run um, he's seen with zombie kingpin, excuse me, zombie kingpin, um, as a way to sort of like view the multiverse. Um, and it's actually a little bit interesting that due to this zombie supreme version of Stephen Strange, um, due to the infection, he seems brain dead, and from that, he's really only able to cast a couple spells. It limits his ability. Um, so taking away his humanity doesn't take away his powers, but it does limit it to a certain point. Um, so he's still able to generate mana and he's still able to portal to other worlds. Um, but that's pretty much it. You know, he's got a few basic offensive spells and then there's sort of like that. So it's, it's once again, sort of like losing his head and then losing his humanity. So it's, it's funny because he being infected with the zombie virus and uh early and i believe in marvel zombies number one the first volume or because there's a lot there's like marvel zombies one through five not all of them are the same story um like one one and two are the same and by and i'm saying the the numbers but obviously Mm -hmm. the numbers had different issues and volumes Sorry, in like one volume each, some of them had, you know, some of them had several issues or a few issues. Marvel Zombies number three is where we actually see Zombie Supreme proper. Meanwhile, in the other ones, he was he was there. He was just in the background. But during, I believe it was a, a conflict with Galactus or other supervillain zombies, because because you know they they ate the wor- they ate most of the people on the planet, so they were running out of food, and yeah. they were getting hungry. Um, and he basically became lost part of his brain, so all he could do was either make like generate mana or make portals to view uh other universes and sometimes travel to them, mm-hmm. which was funny because it's like all right. Kingpin found a way to keep his group of zombies, you know, fed and under his control. And then 
you know, and then he's and then he, in the something happens and he's like, damn it, we got let those people get away. It's like strange, do something, and he just ma- generates mana, and it's just like, I right, here, everybody eat, and he's like, ah, this tastes like crap. <laughs> so that was really funny. Which it's I, not which, satisfying. Yeah, it's not. Like, I mean, you're a zombie. I get it. You want to eat brains and flesh. It's all good. Yeah. I mean, it's not, but you know, I get it. <laughs> I was about, I was about to correct you there. Not necessarily all. I mean, for you, it's all good. For us, yeah, not no, really. For them, it's good. For us, it's bad. <laughs> which I feel like the next person probably would have whooped their asses wholeheartedly. Um. This is another. This is another. So I should say. I shouldn't say Sorcerer Supreme. This is a Sorceress Supreme. Yeah. Of the year 2099 on Earth 926. Again, I'm not sure why they didn't just name this. Like Marvel Marvel 1602. Just name the Earth 1602. Like it's not that hard. Yeah. You know. Same thing here. Like why is he got to be 926? Just name it. 2000, maybe 2099, whatever. So, uh, this girl, Jeannie, she normally, she typically goes by Strange, mm-hmm. was actually, she was, um, you know, she was trained, trained a little bit in some mystic arts, but she's the Sorcerer Supreme. How she becomes Sorcerer Supreme, it's not 100% explained, yeah. but, you know, she had a brother had you know past tense you know and she idolized him then he died in a gang war with a gang of called the skulls uh, i wonder who i wonder who influenced that group anyway mm, she's all yeah. yeah she's also the host of a demon which is something which is a key thing that obviously dr strange never never was but which i think takes her powers to the next level because it's like, all right, I need more power. I literally have a demon in me. There we go. Yeah. There's my power. I got extra yep. power. She doesn't have to take it from other beings. A key, another important thing is she's not really affected by timeline distortions, which has happened before. Because, like I said, every um, every event that happens in Marvel, if you go back in time and change something, you made a new Earth. Yeah. Does that mean it's technically you made a new her? Yeah, I, you could be viewed like that, but um, there are moments where it wipes away the Earth that was supposed to be there. So, perfect example, Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099, mm-hmm. he traveled back in time, had some shenanigans, went back to his time, and he knew it was the correct, you know, correct Earth, correct time, completely different. You know, he yeah. ended up in um, it, it ended up being that the maestro took over, which if you remember our Hulk episode, that's uh, future evil Hulk, and G and Strange was there, and she's like, well, uh, Miguel, you kind of screwed the pooch on this one, and <laughs> he's just like, how do you? For he's like, nobody know, nobody here knows who I am. How do you? And it's like, yeah, no, I survived it. I know. So basically, she could just—I feel like she could just survive the end of reality. It's like, oh, reality just shifted. Nah, I'll just yeah, go with good. Yeah, as long as she's got enough power to sort of like help her out with that. It, it's very cool where you talk about the timeline shift and stuff like that, and how she's not affected by timeline distortions and things like that. 
um, or just like that. And it bring it begs sort of an interesting question. Does it create new versions of her? However, when it creates new versions of her, does it also keep her physicality from 926 and have her remember all of it? And that sort of seems to be the case. And that's kind of the cool thing about Strange or just like about Jeannie is that like not a lot is known about her, um, but she's surprisingly powerful for having not a lot of explanation. So the demon definitely bumps her powers up. We also don't really know the classification of the demon. We're never really given a name. Maestro doesn't call it by its name when it does eventually meet him. Um, We don't really know how she ends up being a host of it. Um, we do know that it, you know, like Zach said, it boosts her powers at the very least, but there, there's not a lot explained about Jeannie. Um, but it does make her character kind of mysterious and variable and definitely surprisingly powerful, but it's really cool. And actually later, later, later in the issue, she does, um, actually get separated from the demon, um, due to actually Moon Knight's help and the Soul Sword. So it progresses to an interesting sort of like point with that, um, but not before, you know, there there are some pretty key events that happen that I won't say anything about. I won't get too deep into it because if you want to read it, it's definitely up there in my recommendations, even though it is it's it's pretty short. Um, there's not a lot of representation for her, um, but it progresses really well and it has some pretty notable um, Marvel characters in there for sure. Yeah, and it's it's funny because I'm I'm pretty sure now, after surviving time distortions, she now resides in the what's referred to as 2100, um, which is you know just a one oh, year okay. later after 2099, which was a which was a universe formed after a, during and after uh, Secret Wars the third. I always have to say the third, mm-hmm. where. You know, again, she knew, she knew, she knew everything. She's like, I know what Earth, I'm technically, I know what timeline I'm supposed to be from. This isn't it, but that's okay. Where they have their own adventures that, um, I'm not gonna get into, into too far into that, but they are, they, some of them are taking the names a little too literally, but that's fine. Yeah. Huh. Oh, that's cool. I, like I didn't, Widow. I didn't really know about that. Hmm. Interesting. So I guess she does sort of continue to live on but that being said her sort of like spotlight was very brief um doesn't take away from her character doesn't take away from the huge fact that not being affected by timeline distortions i feel like we kind of glossed over that i mean we talked about it a little bit but like that's pretty significant especially for a sorcerer that's like a very very big deal you know that amount of memory like not even kang has that in all of his versions like there are some versions of him that we talked about that it's like He has knowledge of other places that he has been, other timelines he has visited, other actions he has done from, you know, just himself existing throughout all of time. Um, But this is like one singular being that is just like completely immune to timeline distortions. And I think that is just it's sort of like her ace card, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know if she'd be immune to, uh, you know, merges or anything like that. That would be I mean, that would be interesting. I would really like to see that if she could survive that. But I don't I feel, think she can. Uh, yeah, that might be a little bit different because just because that's like a different formula of convergence, I guess, like within time and stuff like that. You know, like when when you talk about the timeline distortions and her being okay with that, that's when 
she is traveling usually, right? So when like Jeannie's moving from place to place, it doesn't really mess with her. But if like there's an outside force and they push a couple units universes together or they make a pocket dimension and she's inside of it, would that change something in her? Like, yeah, that's a good question. I never really thought about it like that. Hmm. Ponder that. Ponder that if you will. But yeah, ponder definitely ponder that with the next guy. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, that's a good way to sort of bring it into another excellent version of Doctor Strange. Um and I just gotta say, as far as like the creativity goes with um differing versions of Marvel characters, Doctor Strange is up there. He gets some pretty cool sort of like combinations as well as just like completely different versions altogether one of such being dr strange fate from earth 9602 and if you know that number you know that i am talking about the amalgam universe so the amalgam universe and warp world are kind of similar but the amalgam has sort of a combination of you know heroes on heroes you know dc and marvel right whereas just like warp world is pretty specifically marvel and has to Marvel, Marvel, <laughs> listen to me, uh, has to do with Gamora folding dimensions and creating a pocket dimension. But the Amalgam Universe is the combination. You know, that's where you get Dark Claw and things like that. Um, so it has to do with sort of Charles Xavier as well. He's involved in this timeline pretty decently, um, being a meta mutant, um, also known as sort of like a master of the mind in the mystic arts as well. Um, mm -hmm. he was Which is funny because I, I didn't realize that they literally just took the two words metahuman and mutants and just went yeah and i'm like that's the laziest explanation yeah for, for why people have powers in this you i don't care yeah. that it's a combination of dc and marvel that's lazy <laughs> come on people pick one of those names don't do both you, also, can, insert, you can insert the deadpool fourth wall break here and just be like oh, that's just lazy writing like, it is <laughs> come on and this reveal because i know i have an issue not I don't have you know, like big issues of the amalgam stuff, but I have one of these issues for reading recommendations. That revealed to me, I went, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. I was like, oh, it's Doctor Strange and Doctor Fate. Okay, well, then it's either uh, Stephen Strange or it's um, Kent Nelson or it's Kent Strange or Stephen Nelson. I don't know. They're like, nah. Charles fucking Xavier. I'm like, ah. <laughs> just throw this in there. Just sort of like throw that into the amalgam pond for you. Yeah. So it throws you for a little bit of a loop. Um, but I think it's a really cool combination uh, because honestly, Charles Xavier is rad. And I think we need to see more stuff like this with him, creative aspects and stuff like that. Um, but once again, yep. Sort of like Charles Xavier combined and once again, trained by the Ancient One to become Lord Supreme of Order. So you get a little bit of a different title there. Um, and he is the founding member of the Judgment League Avengers. Um, however, at some point, he does actually leave to be a little bit more solitary, practice his arts, and continue sort of his work. Um, he decided... In, in What's this, up? I don't mean to cut you off. I'm, no, no, I'm doing that a lot. I'm being, I'm being that guy. I mean, the um, actually guy. That's uh, why we're here, Zach. That's why we're yeah. here. The H one typically didn't really had an hadn't didn't really have a name, um, but for oh, yeah. the Amalgam universe, they kind of gave them a name and they named them Nabu, yeah, which that's, that's is awesome. the spirit that resides in the Helmet of Fate for DC, who 
technically uses a host, but I think later issues they like work together instead of being like, no, I take over. Anyway, yeah, and then Lord, I know Lord Supreme of Order. Uh, what a what a freaking pedestal. I'm like, yeah, well, listen, <laughs> Doctor Fate's Lord of Order, and Stephen Strange's Sorcerer Supreme. You're gonna combine those. You put them. You putting them on a higher horse. Yeah, give, exactly. Give them a bigger ego. Yeah, <laughs> why not? You know. Uh, but once again, since you have sort of the Charles Xavier sort of thrown in there, he dials it back a little bit, which is why he makes the independent choice that he does um, to leave the Judgment League Avengers. Um, and at some point, he decides to rid the Amalgam universe of access, um, sort of like that being a hand in sort of creating the Amalgams accidentally. Um, and it's essentially that what I'm saying there is it's a plot point for the story. So essentially... Um, Doctor Strange Fate decides that he wants to create a little bit more isolation. And so what he does is he gets rid of the access. He essentially stops um, the creation. I guess that's sort of the best way to describe it. Um, And once again, it just sort of shows up as a plot point for the story. Um, But once again, this from that, he survives the undoing of the universe. And he hides inside Strange's mind. Um, and then after that successfully restores the universe into a pocket dimension to protect it from other universes. So it kind of, it's very interesting when you talk about Dr. Strange being influ- like influential to the Amalgam universe, as well as to warp world, which we're going to talk about next. Um, it's, he, he usually has a huge, like some sort of hand, whether it's huge or not, whether it's a slight sort of suggestion um, more often than not, it's a big hand in sort of influencing the universe and creating sort of the nature of it um, or sort of like stopping the continued creation of it. So it it puts him in a very interesting position, not only because, you know, Meta Mutant, Lord Supreme of Order, all these crazy titles, you know, Daenerys Targaryen, Breaker of Change, Freer of Slaves, all this other stuff. Like, you know, the longer <laughs> the longer the title, the better he is. Like, he absolutely follows that trope. Um, yeah. But he follows it for good reason because of the sort of the power and the responsibility that he takes on and the decisions that he makes. So it's, yeah. it's a really cool character. He really is. And it's funny because he, again, to make, you know, to try to contain or get rid of access who is not that big. He's important for Amalgam after. Nah, he's not. Yeah. He doesn't exist. I feel like after that. But, yeah. um, you know. I thought it was funny. It's like I want my universe to survive. Therefore, forget the other the other universes we were, we were formed from. Uh, I don't care. And he gets he gets. First off, he gets Skulk, which I know we spoke about in the Hulk episode, mm-hmm. which was it is Solomon. If you don't remember, it's Solomon Grundy plus Hulk. Yeah. Jade Nova is, uh, if I remember correctly, Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern. Fire, both DC characters, and Nova from Marvel, who was just, you know, was a female human torch, who I believe was also a uh, Herald of Galactus, you know, and then the White Witch is Zatanna and and Scarlet Witch, and I'm just like, wait, um, uh, Chuck, you want to Hakuna Yatadas and, <laughs> you know, restore the balance? <laughs> and then he's just like, nah, okay, you know what? Sure, I can't prevent this. I'm going to go hide within Doctor Strange and, you know, pull some shenanigans to try to bring my universe back. Like, bruh, relax. 
Yeah. It's called Pocket yeah. Dimensions for a reason. We'll make one. Stop. He takes it pretty seriously. So essentially what he does, if you're thinking about that tree that we described earlier within the sort of like multiverse of the Marvel universe, um, essentially what he does is he takes that branch and he just chops it off and sort of just like separates it just enough to sort of like stop the creation and be like, hey, doesn't matter where we came from. We're here now and we're going to exist. And he doesn't want other influences and things like that. So it's a pretty, you know, like executive decision. And he just sort of like is, you know, I can do this. So here we go. This is what's happening. And, you know, it kind of works out for the better. Um, and it, I'm glad that you mentioned White Witch as well, because she's a very, very cool character. Um, you don't see a lot of her, but it's nice to see her in this issue as well. Um, you love that little bit of representation. You, lo- I love melding of magical beings and things of that nature so you get Zaitana which I know a little bit about and I know that she's pretty badass and then you get Scarlet Witch who I know a lot about and you know that she's extremely badass and put them together and once again Amalgam Universe is great Amalgam Universe is great I'm going on a tangent read the Amalgam Universe Earth 9602 so so good Doctor Strange yep. Fate Rad character and, like, and we'll, we'll get into more recommendations those are kind of hard to find I'd say you know if you can find, listen, if you can find them good on you. They might mm-hmm. be, they might cost a bunch, but hey, good on you. But if you yeah. can't, Comixology, I hope, has some of it. Um, I'm sure Comixology definitely... definitely would like have some sort of connection that could vary. Like Comixology, if they don't have it, would probably serve as a pretty good middleman for you to finding it a little bit better. And it's just tougher to find the Amalgam Universe just because it's a little bit older too. And it's also just like, it's just so unique as it was. It was kind of like one of the first um, universes that did that type of thing within Marvel. And so that's why it's very, very sought after and hence why it's difficult to find. Um, mm-hmm. So as far as PDFs, good luck. Definitely check Comixology and see if they can serve as sort of like a middleman <laughs> if you want to like go through that. Um, but I, I would definitely say if you're dedicated, it's, it's worth the search because the Amalgam Universe just brings – a level of creativity and a meshing of characters and narratives and powers that is just like, just totally unique within the Marvel comic universe. So, yeah. Yeah. And then there's, there's actually, it's funny because as much as I like Dr. Strange fate name is a little silly to me, but that's whatever. Yeah. But, but I really do like the next, Mashup. Oh, Soldier yeah. I, Supreme. Soldier I like, Supreme. I, I like him more than Doctor Strange Fate. Doctor Strange Fate is very, very cool, but Soldier Supreme is bad ass, dude. He's mm-hmm. so cool, and he looks awesome on top of it. I love his character design. Yep. And so I'm sure we've mentioned it in a Captain America episode, but this is we're talking about Doctor Strange. How can we not speak about, you know, how do we not talk about this guy he is but he is one he is a combination of captain america and dr strange so on warp world which is in earth 616 the main marvel universe but it's within the soul stone again infinity wars plot point Mm -hmm. i i that is actually as simple as they they're like this is as simple as we can make why it still exists and why it's still technically earth 616 yeah 
Yeah, that's, that's it, important to mention. I don't know if we've mentioned yeah. that before, that Warp World is actually Earth-616. So if we haven't mentioned that in the past, apologies, we're mentioning it now. Yes, it was, it replaced Earth-616, which when we say Earth, it's it's because for whatever reason, Marvel decided to make Earth, and same with DC, they make that universe all revolves around the Earth. So something happens to the Earth, the whole universe could get messed up. Mm-hmm. But when we say Earth 616, it's, it's more like Universe 616, but it's easier because most of the stories take place on Earth, just to say Earth. So it's in the Soul Stone, which is somewhere in the universe of that, that holds Earth 616. So Stephen Rogers is his name. Spelled like... The, the Stephen is spelled like like Stephen Strange with a PH. Stephen with the P, yeah. <laughs> Stephen with the PH. Um, so he's actually a member of the of the Defenders with Iron Hammer, Hex 23, and Ghost Panther. Oh, which, Ghost yes, Ghost Panther we've spoken about. Hex 23 is Scarlet Witch plus X 23, and mm-hmm. Iron Hammer is Thor plus Iron Man. So Stephen Strange, uh, Stephen Rogers. I, I knew I was gonna mess it up, and then I did. All right, <laughs> Stephen Stephen Rogers. Same thing, you know, kind of a weak human same origin as captain america but the serum that turned him into who he became you know into soldier supreme wasn't science it was magic mm-hmm. by a, a supposed scientist called morgan erskine um which yes was a female but hey listen that's part of the story it's all good which was really funny to me because i remember reading this and as she injects Stephen Rogers with the serum, she says hail and then something in runic letters. And I'm like, I swear, if she just hailed the Hydra, I'm going to lose my mind. They never explained what she said, but I thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's it's revealed that at the very least she is a Nazi because not uh, very well, she? like kind of like loosely, loosely based. She she I follows think she was just more cultish, not really. Yeah. Nazi. Yeah, that's a better way to say it. Yeah, she's cultish, but she has, like, sort of the fascist ideology. That's sort of, like, the best way to explain it. But, yeah, um, it's mentioned because, actually, after the whole procedure goes through and he gets his powers, you know, Stephen Rogers is in kind of, like, a weird position because the government is like, okay, we got this, we got Stephen Rogers through really, really shady means. We got, we got it through, like, a fascist cultist that we didn't really know. And then on top of that, after the procedure happens, she ends up... Um, I believe she ends up getting shot, and I think she dies from her wounds. Um, so they don't really yeah. get a lot of answers, too. So that's why we don't really know what she said or necessarily what she's aligned to. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, 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 it's a cool take. And it's definitely hearkening back to, if not Hydra, at the very least, some sort of cultist influence within the mystic arts from the fascist ideology of hydra yeah possibly <laughs> take a breath we don't, holy crap <laughs> yeah but we don't know because again same story doctor shot by nazi spy yeah but unfortunately this nazi spy was not prepared to get punched by soldier supreme who with his magic powers kind of disintegrated the man and i'm like oh, oh that's he, unfortunate for he him he messes him up real good <laughs> yeah so he learns how to use so, I wouldn't say he was. He's like as educated as Earth as the main universe, I don't main think Marvel so. universe, Doctor Strange. But yeah. he's up there. 
His prim- his primary way of defense is a shield like you see Doctor Strange use in the movie, but it's red it's red, white, and blue with the star in the center, which I thought was I'm like, hey, we still got that Captain America shield. It just doesn't have to be there constantly, which I find awesome. So he leads the Howling Commandos of Hogoth, which is a mix of, again, somebody that Doctor Strange can call upon, Hogoth, for spells, and the Howling Commandos, which were a, a force in the military in World War II mm-hmm. for Marvel, with Dum Dum Fury, uh, which <laughs> Dum Dum Dugan and Nick Fury, and Bucky Wong. Uh, That's not that hard to figure out who that is. Yeah, I I love the combination of come on, like Dum Dum Fury, who <laughs> the intern that created that better have gotten a pay raise because that yeah. is so great. It's so I love that. cool. And then during the during the war, he actually uses magic to save save Bucky Wong, turning him into a ghostly Winter Soldier. So it's like, all right, I could save your body, but you're still the Winter Soldier, which I find awesome. And he also, as the war kept going, he kept using his magic to heal his comrades to keep them going. Even at some, at one of the, in the first issue, we see like Dum Dum do, Dum Dum Fury is talking to Soldier Supreme, and he's got a bullet, and he reveal, pulls his hat up a little bit. He's got a bullet wound that goes through his head and out the back. And I'm like, how are you walking? Yeah. Wait a second. And it's like, oh, magic. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, duh. Gotta love it. <laughs> yep. He actually battles Dormammu Red. Mm-hmm. which is Dormammu and Red Skull. And he gets cast, he gets sent into the dark dimension where he spends decades, doesn't age, barely. Yep. You know, he has spends decades until M- Mordok, a mental organism ritually designed for the occult. I swear I'm not making that up, which oh, is yeah. M- Baron Mordo and Modok. Mm-hmm. And his cult, they were trying to summon Satan. They accidentally summoned Soldier Supreme instead, which I thought Whoops. was hilarious. <laughs> so a bit of a slip of the fingers there. Yeah, well, somebody screwed up. Uh, I think it was might have been Bob. I don't know. He messed it up. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure he blamed somebody. And it was like a it, and it was, it was a very uh, you know mundane name of a, of a person. And I'm like, all right, okay, well, sorry, Phil, you got in trouble there. So. Steven Rogers discovers that Warp World is a mix of the Marvel Universe because in the conflict, he sends his astral form into Mordok and sees the souls of the two beings he's composed of and using the Eye of Agamotin. Again, it's a combination of the Eye of Agamotto and another uh, relic that whose what that name escapes me. And he, he learns, wait, I'm also an amalgam of two people. The whole world is. Okay. Interesting. They He actually uses... He helps the main heroes after some of them get separated and Adam Warlock. Loki, for all of... For, you know, for some reason, he was the good guy this time. They were... They take Warp World, copy it, then take one of the copies, unfold it back to the Marvel Universe, and then they leave... Warp world in the Soul Stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, sure, whatever. I mean, yeah. So it's it's, space, it's a little bit of a different magic. version. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of a different version of Doctor Strange fate, where he was a little bit more absolute and executive. You know, Soldier Supreme sort of gives back what was sort of shattered or folded um, from Gamora with the stones and the gauntlet. 
um, but at the same time valid. allows his universe to sort of continue. So it, it's it's he's yeah. a little bit nicer, and that's why I think I like him a little bit more. And I think that's sort of the, the Stephen Rogers aspect of him. Um, you yeah. know, Stephen Rogers isn't like Steve with the V, not with the PH. You know, I, at this point, if you're trying to distinguish between the between the two parts of the whole, just use use the superhero names. <laughs> yeah, at this point, yeah, with the Captain America version of Stephen Rogers, you know, he he's got the blue blooded American and this sort of like innate goodness, um, and I think that's definitely what contributes to this decision. Yeah, and it's funny because, and if you thought this warp world could not get any weirder, hold on your butts, like. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I will, we will talk about the issues this is from, but there was, a, there was, you know, after Infinity Wars and Warp World, people were like, oh, we're done, right? Marvel went, no, we're going to have uh-huh. like, we're going to have like five more issues of something. And I'm like, oh, I want to see this. It's called Secret Warps. And I thought it was hilarious because it was in the Soul Stone. For some reason, the Soul Stone was becoming the, the, the multiverse in the Soul Stone. Yes, you heard me right was becoming unstable or some some excuse. So it kept folding on itself for a little bit. So he briefly merged with other superheroes in, of his Earth, of his universe, to become the Spider Supreme, right? And that's Soldier Supreme and Arachnite. So cool. And then when it folded even further, um, he, became, he became Hammer Supreme. So that was Spider Supreme. Plus Ghost Hammer, who Ghost Hammer is Iron Hammer plus Ghost Panther. And just reading this, it was really funny to me because I was losing my mind with this. Because on top of this, they had the appearance of the Terrific Two, which is folded, you know, Fantastic Four. Mm. But they also folded them again. When they folded again, it was just the Wondrous One. So somebody, it was just one person with all the powers, and then they folded again. On uh, it was so funny to me. And there was a character that we we that we don't really speak about. It was Obadiah Stane, right? Yeah. And, he, and in his and in Warp World, he was supposed to be folded in with Loki, but Loki never got folded in. So he was still just a human living amongst Asgardians. So when the when the universe kept folding and folding, he's like, now I'm one-eighth of the man I should be. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, you just got the crap end of the stick. Yeah, for real. And so sort of like with that innate goodness, unfortunately, because it becomes unstable, he has to take certain precautions and therefore ends up splitting his soul so many times. It becomes so many different things. And yeah. so, yeah, that that's where it gets... It gets to be just a little much with the secret warps and the warp world. It, that's where it's oh, so many it. degrees. It's 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 crazy. You know, it's it's. I'm glad that this just doesn't happen a lot. It's nice that this is sort of like a one-off type thing. You know, it doesn't happen consistently with these heroes. But yeah, it's it gets to be a bit much. Um, that being yeah. said, I still think it's pretty cool, and you get some really cool character design and some really cool aesthetics out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, reading it and narratively. It's a lot, for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's why they only did, they did the one thing, and then like, all right, we're done. Yeah, they're like, we can't they, do this anymore. <laughs> yep, yeah, which was really cool because during the secret warps, before everything got folded, they actually introduced briefly another Soldier Supreme. But this is Soldier mm-hmm. Supreme of the year 2099, which is the year tw- the you know the year 2099 of Warp World. So yeah. this is Nico Cage, who is a combination of Nico. 
uh, Monroe, who is part of the Runaways, and Danielle Cage of a of a different Earth, uh, where she was Captain America. If you think that name sounds um, important, it is because this is the daughter of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. So she has flight, invulnerability, strength, and you know, and in her universe, she's Captain America. So she yeah, with a little um, with, a, with a little sprinkling of plot armor too. Might as well yeah, throw that on there. A little bit, yeah. So and that's where you get the and the magic is from Nico. So. You know, she has her own group of defenders in the year 2099. All of them are just the original warp um, people. Yeah. You know, like Weapon Hex, mm-hmm. Arachnite, Ghost Bandit. You just slap on the 2099 on there, boom. It's like, all right. They actually battled the uh, Martian Masters of who invaded the Earth in the future for some reason. And they teamed up with Ghost Panther of Warp World, the you know the first one, T'Challa, mm-hmm. which I just thought it was really funny. And then they're like, who are you? Wait a minute, bad guy. And then the Ghost Panther 2099 is like, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, this is my predecessor. He's supposed to be here. Uh, we need to give him a thing, and then he can go back and do the thing. I'm like, oh, yeah. plot, right. This silliness. I forgot what I was reading. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just a lot of Sorcerer Supremes. Oh yeah, uh, there's there's quite a few. Do you um do you want to mention we had one more that we could potentially do like a quick little honorable mention. It doesn't have a whole lot to it, but I still think it's probably worthwhile to hit. Yeah. Uh so this one that Chris is talking about on Earth 18133. Mm-hmm. These these numbers are getting ridiculous. This yeah, is well, actually Yeah. This is a two-parter. So it's Stephen Strange and Ileana Rasputin. Mm-hmm. Both in the same universe. We're not talking about two separate universes. This this is still on the same one, still on 18133. Mhm. So Stephen Strange is Sorcerer Supreme, but it's been a f- you know it's been however long it's been. It's been a hot minute. <laughs> yeah. He so he actually he wants to retire Sorcerer Supreme, and at some point he had trained Magic Eliana Rasputin, um, because she's also a sorceress and a mutant, mm-hmm. and she was raised in limbo after being kidnapped um and then feeling the deaths of other sorcerers you know he's like well ah dang they're dying my death's approaching so he you know by the end of the story he passes on the title to eliana Mm -hmm. i mean really that's the simplest explanation without spoiling a whole lot yeah and that's the way to do it you know like sort of I think it's cool because it's I love the end storylines with heroes because especially when you get to see like a mature I mean not necessarily mature not be might not be the right word fully or at the very least like very well fleshed out and very very well developed you know over over a certain amount of time that is presented to the viewer and so I think with this one you get essentially like old man Stephen Strange. Um, first of all, looks rad. Second of all, um, you get a really, really great, nice, full-developed character. He's got the wisdom, he's got the power, but he also has sort of the regrets. He also has the exhaustion. And so I think that makes his character pretty dynamic and very, very cool. Um, and as Zach said, he sort of feels the death of many other sort of 
magical beings and sorcerers around the world um you know there's it's a big shift change something is changing something is happening the new age is being ushered in essentially and he can feel it and he's the only one who can feel it and so he takes certain drastic steps to bring iliana back so that he can then pass down the mantle to her um and you know we could get into specifics but personally i don't want to um because it's kind of a treat for the reader um, when you figure out what he does to pass down um, the title to Ileana. It's nothing major. It's nothing huge. There's not like a giant battle or anything like that. It's definitely much more of like a narrative arc. Um, but if you're into that sort of stuff, like the introspection and sort of like a little bit more of the human issues, if you will, I'm doing human in quotation because, you know, infinite longevity and he's a sorcerer <laughs> and all this other stuff. But like, it, yeah. it, it, it's very, very cool and it's a nice send off to his character and then you get like a pretty well established successor in Ileana Rasputin and yeah it's just I, I think it's worth mentioning just because of how well developed the narrative is and just because of how fleshed out um, Doctor Strange's character is in that issue and in that world yeah and you know the end storylines are kind of they're not really like this is how it's going to end it's like well yeah, know, they're, they're, it's they could. Leave, yeah, it but, could end like this, or they leave it on some sort of like not necessarily a cliffhanger, but like some sort of like a note. You know, that they, they leave you with a feeling like, oh, it's probably going to go this way, and you don't know if like, it's ever going to be continued. You don't know like what's going to happen from there narratively mm-hmm. or you know comically. But it, it's I I like the end storylines. I really do. They're some of my personal favorites. Yeah, the end issues of anybody. It's like, well, if we were to stop writing comic books, this is probably how it might this end. This is how we would do it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is how we would end this person's storyline. So, speaking of, recommendations. So, the Stephen strange Ileana combo, two issues. Doctor Strange, The End, Doi, and What If Magic. That's magic uh, ending with a CK. Mm-hmm. And I, that's volume I, one as well. Yeah, there's only like one issue, Yeah, really. It's just important to know. One or there might be one or two issues. Mm-hmm. Soldier Supreme 2099, one issue. Secret Warps Ghost Panther Annual number one. Yep. Um, so, oh yeah, go ahead. Soldier Supreme, you know, with extra toppings. <laughs> <laughs> Infinity Wars, Infinity Wars Soldier Supreme, and the Secret Warps, which are the annuals of the other warped defenders. So you know, Secret Warps Annual. Soldier Supreme, Arachnite, Ghost Panther, Iron Hammer, Weapon Hex. Mm-hmm. That's where you'll find him. Yep. If you're going to go looking for Doctor Strange Fate, you're going to be looking for Marvel versus DC or DC versus Marvel. Um, there's also a physical issue titled Doctor Strange Fate that you can find. Um, and you, if you also find a DC or Marvel all access issue, he's also pops up there. Mm-hmm. I believe that's DC Marvel at all access. I know because I have that. Which I thought was really cool. Oh yeah, you're right. It's a total com. It's a combination of both. Right, right, right. right. My mistake. Yeah, it's like a. It's like uh, for Infinity Wars, there was Infinity Warps, which mm-hmm. was just like, all right, here's a, here's like a little bit of some stories that might be ha- that uh, that happen in the in this in this universe. But yeah. we don't want to we don't want to make like two issues for everybody. So here's just a couple people. You want to see uh, read about Strange or Genie? Genie Strange, Spider-Man 2099 Volume 3, 2099 World of Tomorrow Volume 1, and Secret Wars 2099. Those are some pretty good 
key volumes and issues where she appears. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you like Miguel O'Hara, you get a, a nice little cameo from him, Ugh, too. Such He's an underrated so cool. Spider-Man. So cool. So cool. For the Stephen Strange, or the, as we like to call him, the Zombie Supreme, not a lot of representation there. You can find him in Marvie, Marvel Zombies number 3, volume 1. And for Sir Dr. Stephen Strange, you can find him in Marvel 1602, also volume 1. Sort of a similar type situation there. Yep. And then the OG Sorcerer Supreme. He's got I mean he's he's in a bunch of them. So just some just some key volumes of issues that we we like. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know, some of them that we like. So John the Hickman's run on the Mighty and New Avengers, which you know, you could read the Mighty or the New and you don't have to read both, but if you want the whole story, read both. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange, The Oath, Doctor Strange, uh, Loki, Sorcerer Supreme, which is actually Doctor Strange Volume 1. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange Volume 4, Volume 1 would be like the first appearance ever of him. And one of my favorites, Doctor Strange, Damnation. Yes, so good. Yep. Yeah, if, you, if you're going to start anywhere with the recommendations, both of us are kind of like Doctor Strange, Damnation, because oh, that okay. it, it's very much no holds barred, just like crazy awesome and the art is great in that one too yeah i really like that especially because that was like oh this is a fallout of something i'm going to fix it all right i fixed it ah uh, i made it worse uh, i didn't fix it oh no uh, yeah he sort of I, I gets caught <laughs> he gets caught in one of those sorcerer supreme loops where he gets caught in his own magical trap over and over again but um yeah so that is it for dr stephen strange Make sure to join us next time where we continue to talk about the Marvel and the DC Universe. Um, and actually, for our 20th episode. We made Woo! it, guys. We made it to 20. You know, I did, might, might not seem like a big deal, but, you know, 20, it's important to know. We'll hit you up at 20, we'll hit you up at 50, and then maybe we'll hit you up at 80 and 100. Who knows? <laughs> you know, <laughs> try to keep try try to keep it try to keep it rolling try to keep it going that way we don't have to split the timelines and call in any great gods to uh throw parties for our podcast success 